This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Anand Krishnan, your host for today. The border crisis with China and Eastern Ladakh that began in early May 2020 is nowhere near resolution after one year of tensions. In this episode, we look at the situation along the line of actual control in Ladakh one year on and ask what it means for relations with China and the broader security challenges it poses for India. How has the past year and the Ladakh crisis changed how the Indian armed forces approach guarding the frontiers and deployments along the border and what are the demands on India's resources? as the LAC turns live is india ready to face a two front challenge from china and pakistan and what options does india have helping us answer these questions is sushant singh who is a senior fellow at the center for policy research in new delhi and writes extensively on defense issues Sushant, May 5th, 2020 is when officially, at least we know that there were reported incidents on the line of actual control in Pangong Lake and in the Galwan Valley. It's been more than one year now amid this uh, terrible second wave of COVID-19. Obviously, the LAC situation has faded from the headlines. Uh, but just to remind our listeners, uh, is it fair to say that we are nowhere near the end of this crisis? Uh, in January and February, we had... Uh, the first disengagement that was announced in the north and south banks of pangong lake but since february and until uh, now may we've heard very little about the other areas such as um, depsang and others where we know both sides have been in talks uh, so one year on uh, sushant is it fair to say that we are still in the middle of the lac crisis with china yeah thank you anand thank you for having me on your podcast uh, yeah i think you are right uh, uh, since it has been one year but the crisis still remains unresolved uh, as you just said there were five areas of ingress or contention between india and china in ladakh uh, starting from north to south there were depsang hot springs gogra pangong the kalash range of the south bank uh, and demchok uh, out of these five what we have seen is that only the pangong lake north bank and south bank south bank big the kalash range that has been resolved in february in all the other areas the chinese ingress uh, ingress still st- still remains uh, so that that that's the situation which we which we have currently uh, does it like uh, does it look like ending uh, going by the statements from the chinese side no they have very clearly refused to engage on the other areas some of the last statements in april early april were very tense very terse uh, and they in fact almost said you know we really don't want to talk about talk about all this and the fact that india is badly stuck in fighting the pandemic you know and it's really engulfed us in a big way uh, seems to have also uh, weakened our hand in that situation where we really uh, where we really are not in a position to to assert ourselves or either diplomatically or or militarily when we are really fighting with the with the backs to our wall It seems to me Sushant uh, please uh, defer with me if you have a different view but uh, it seems that China really doesn't seem to be in a hurry at all uh, to change the situation um, just to refer to some of the statements that you just mentioned it seems that uh, the view from Beijing is that they keep repeating that in their view the boundary dispute is just a part of the overall relationship and they feel that normalcy should be restored now uh, India has been publicly consist- consistently saying that can't happen Uh, unless the lac is resolved but at the same time amid the surge 
Uh, we have been importing more from China because we don't have any other alternatives. So it's, in a way, it's been difficult for us to freeze every other aspect of the relationship. So does it seem to you that uh, China is quite happy to leave the LAC as it is? And would that consequently mean that the LAC is live? Uh, and that's a fundamentally different situation from what we had before 2020, where obviously you had patrolling, you had pockets of differences, but broadly speaking, these were differences that would come and then we would try and resolve them and they would go away. These weren't differences that were, in a way, uh, continuing to exist. So in that sense, are we looking at a live LAC? And would you agree with the view that China is happy to have a live LAC? Uh, yeah, the, clearly, the, that's the you seem to be what you are saying is clearly also the assessment of the Indian Indian Armed Forces, uh, because the new deployment that the Indian Armed Forces has done in the middle sector in Uttarakhand, Himachal Pradesh, and in the in the in the northern sector in Ladakh, uh, clearly point to a reassessment of the Chinese intention, uh, and as you said, a more live LAC, a more hot LAC, uh, and an LAC where there's always a fear, always a danger that the, that the Chinese forces, the PLA, could could attempt anything. That clearly seems to to be the Indian military assessment based on the new deployments that they that they have that they have recently uh, un undertaken. Uh, very clearly, going by as you said, the last two statements, the last two engagements at the co-commander level, the Chinese seem to be in no intention, no hurry. Uh, to find a solution to the crisis. They they perhaps wanted only the Kalash range thing to be resolved, where the Indian and Chinese tanks were barely a few meters apart. Uh, other than that, Gogra, Hot Springs, Depsang, Demchok, they really don't seem to be keen uh, at all uh, to resolve this. And Indians are worried that the same uh, Chinese intentions, Chinese uh, aggression, could be seen both in the middle sector as well as in the eastern sector. And that's why they've uh, kind of done these redeployments. What we want to do in this episode is take a step back uh, from these specific points on the LAC and kind of ask, what does this change situation uh, mean for India more broadly? Now, obviously, uh, uh, Sushant, as you mentioned, uh, Indian Armed Forces are looking at this differently. What is this going to mean in terms of uh, our resources? Uh, manning a hot LAC or live LAC is obviously different from what it was in the past. So do we have the resources to deal with the situation. Uh, and I also want to get you in on, on the broader two-front challenge, which you've written about recently in a briefing paper, for the Stimson Center, which we linked to below this podcast. Uh, but what I would like to get your thoughts on, Sushant, is what does this mean from a practical material point of view? On the one hand, it's easy to say that, you know, we're going to be deploying in greater numbers in, uh, across the LEC in many areas. But what would that mean in terms of uh, the resources that we have? Yeah, so in terms of there are two or three ways of looking at it. The first way to look at it is, is can Indians really deploy uh, on a hot LAC, on an active LAC, the way they are deployed on the line of control with Pakistan or the kind of deployment that we saw through whole of 2020 uh, in Ladakh. Now, to, to make those kinds of deployments would clearly mean that India would, to, would have to pull away some of its dedicated resources uh, away from the Pakistan border, mm -hmm. away, from the line of, away from the line of control or from other sectors in, on the Western theater against, against Pakistan. Mm -hmm. uh, even now, Ananta, as you are aware, uh, the, uh, a new division, a Rashtri Rifles Force called the division has been inducted in Ladakh to look at areas south of Pangong. And that has been moved from the, uh, from the Jammu sector. 
from the uh, from the jammu sector very clearly that's a call that has been taken that we we are going to move this force away from here and as you know rashi rifles uh, was a counterinsurgency force but it has been deployed in those sectors so clearly we are looking at an uh, we are looking at a stretching of the resources uh, there is the indian armed forces the resources of the indian armed forces particularly the army are overstretched if they have to guard every single uh, inch or yard or kilometer of the area in ladakh and i don't mean to say that they have to be deployed there even if they have to keep it under observation even if they have to dominate it by patrolling even if they have to somehow manage to keep the chinese away it is going to it is already straining the indian armed forces and it is going to strain them uh, strain them further uh, to to my mind the intention right now seems to be from the indian armed forces that they can somehow hold the line so that they do not uh, so that they prevent any further chinese ingress across across the lac but even that activity even that action uh is going to put a strain on the kind of resources that the indian armed forces can devote and is going to take those resources divert those resources away from pakistan which was in some sense the primary military th- threat that india had always looked at over the last uh, 25 30 years does this approach sushant uh, assume that the two fronts the pakistan front and china front are not linked uh, when you are uh, diverting resources from one to another obviously it's unavoidable but i would like to get your thoughts on this is something that you've written about um how much has indian planning accounted for the fact that obviously we know that the china pakistan military relationship is deepening uh, we know that there's been lots of debate on the two front challenge that india faces is there cognizance of the fact that that is something that appears more immediate and real or are we still approaching the two fronts as two entirely separate theaters and how we are dealing with pakistan and china uh so the two front collusive threat it can be seen in two ways anand as you said you know some people look at it as pakistan as a subset of the china pro- as a pa- pakistan as a subset of the mm. china problem and many others see them as collusive but two se- but two separate theaters uh i think till now the indian armed forces even as uh, even as uh, even as of now look at these two as two separate theaters but where they could act in uh, act in collusion the two countries right. the two militaries could act in collusion they do not see china as uh, pakistan as a subset of the china problem and they and they, i'll give you the reason the reason is very simple all throughout 2020 the uh, the pakistani uh, pakistani arm, army never mobilized itself right. whether in kashmir or in or elsewhere to put any pressure on india uh, and there have been some unconfirmed reports from the pakistani uh, national security advisor's office the de facto national security advisor's moidi yusuf's office that there was some chinese pressure on them to actually mobilize their forces but they resisted that pressure and did not mobilize so mm-hmm. it's clearly that Ch- pakistan is not fully a subset of the china problem but there are two com- two separate theaters uh, that the indian military planners are are planning to de- planning to deal with has the chinese threat become more live after last year yes definitely because before 2020 as you know you know no soldiers had lost their lives since 1975 there were no rounds were fired but this time you know not only were rifles uh, fired there were also rocket launchers fired as you are aware on the southern bank of kalash on, on the kalash range on the southern bank of pangong mm. and this time uh, because of the level of deployment the kind of deployment and the nature of de- nature of deployment that the pla undertook uh, indians uh, the indian belief a lot of 
people in the indian establishment believed that diplomatically india will be able to ward off any military threat from china mm. i think that belief lies destroyed now and uh, there is a there is a growing acceptance to the fact that india would have to be militarily prepared at some level to deal with the chinese challenge now how being military prepared does not necessarily mean that india wants to go and fight a conventional full full fledged conventional war with uh, china it could also mean deterring china from taking undertaking any activity oh. it could also mean that india would want to just ensure that the chinese do not come in and do uh, and capture any territory which which could which could uh, which could embar embarrass the indians mm -hmm. uh, i think that is what clearly has been the change in thinking over the last year uh, over the last year since this crisis began what options does india have sushant uh, i think you have hinted at the fact that it is inevitable that india would have to try and keep one front uh, calm as much as it can since it just pretty much cannot deal uh, with two at the same time uh, from your understanding what option does that leave india in terms of coming to some kind of uh understanding is 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 should india focus on better relations with pakistan that seem to be forever in an endless cycle uh, of reaching out versus crisis and then reaching out and then a crisis again uh do you think that the ship has sailed in trying to come to what many former indian officials like to call a new modus vivendi with china uh that the 1988 model no longer works because of the events we've seen over the last year because of the fact that as we've been discussing the lac is live looking at these two different challenges in your personal view where do you think it's likelier that india may have some success in coming to some kind of understanding yeah very clearly uh, anant i think you rightly summed it up that number one the indians do not have the economic or the military wherewithal to tackle on both the fronts at the same time if there is a collusive threat where even if pakistan mobilizes and china is putting uh, putting pressure on the on the uh, line of actual control uh, indians would be under tremendous pressure and would not know how to respond to it uh, in terms of the kind of resources that they can generate and resources in terms of whether it is the fighter aircraft whether it is in the in the in the in the, in the navy whether it is on the land borders uh, whether it is in even terms of spares ammunition everything even with this little bit of mobilization in ladakh as we are aware indians had to go for a heavy amount of emergency purchases just to do the bare, just to do the bare minimum so a two front a two front collusive threat military threat would actually you know not stretch but actually break india india would not know how to tackle it and therefore the solution lies in finding peace with either china or with pakistan you cannot actually afford to fight a two front war we are not we are not we do not have the wherewithal to do that especially at the level at which china is there and the fact that pakistan is militarily a a a very a, a decent country it's not militarily a, a pushover or it's not a small country so the answer lies in finding peace with one of the two countries i think mm. finding peace with china at this point in time especially with the way the west is looking at china seems to be clearly a more difficult uh, proposition uh, considering also that india has looked at china as a strategic adversary as somebody which is trying to dominate asia somebody which mm. is trying to dominate south asia and i don't think that the uh, indian political leadership is willing to concede that kind of subservience or that kind of dominance to china they don't want to be subservient to beijing no. uh, in that sense the only option that that remains is to find peace with pakistan and that is what we have seen uh, whether it is by the involvement of the uae or by the involvement of the saudis uh, that india has been trying uh, india and pakistan have been uh, have been holding these back channel talks and they and this those back channel talks as we can see now very clearly 
emanated because of this pressure of the of the two front collusive threat uh, which indians realized they could not handle uh, could not handle militarily or economically and therefore they needed to talk to pakistan uh, but will the talk succeed as of now from what the reports in pakistani media over the last week also suggest that the pakistanis are getting extremely impatient mm. uh, and that they are worried that the indians are not keeping part of this deal so as you said you know this is india pakistan talk not talk fight not fight you know is a cycle which has gone on for too long uh we should just hope that the cycle breaks and there is some kind of peace but uh, really we don't know uh, what happens on uh, in, in between these two countries it's very it's very hard to predict uh, but there is a strategic uh, stake for india strategic reason for india to mm. actually have peace with pakistan or to pursue at least peace with pakistan at this stage uh, finally sushant coming to what options india has to mitigate this threat on two levels before we come to uh, balancing relationships that india can look at um, if we can look at internally in terms of our own military the reforms that have been uh, in place and people have been talking about can you speak first about that uh, in terms of what india can do with the resources we have at the moment uh, in, and and in terms of the reforms that have been in place a modernization that's been in place uh, going on for years what is it that india can do Uh, in the near term in the short term to more efficiently uh, mitigate this threat yeah one is clearly of course you have to get more bang for the buck the fact that the uh, that the indian expenditure is skewed towards uh, uh, you know non capex non capital expenditure right. where you really do not buy much equipment but pay lot pay a lot for human resources appear a lot of money goes in pension salaries and just keeping the uh, armed forces afloat rather the army afloat army mm. is the big uh, mon- money guzzler so there has to be a way in which india has to find up because the 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 share the sh- the share of the budget of the indian defense forces really is not going to increase indian economy is under strain and in the short run in the next couple of years we do not see any way that that money that the money is going to increase so they will have to find a way in which they can get ma- more bang for the buck some of this stuff like leasing of uh, big military equipment big military platforms has started because they really don't want to they don't have the money to buy uh, or commit to buying stuff so they can use it for a few years and then go back and return the equipment that is Th- those are the kind of small measures that have been instituted but in uh, but but there has to be a rationalization of the armed forces where the numbers in some form or the other will have to come down that would mean greater modernization mm. that would mean bringing in greater technology that would mean more educated manpower in the armed forces that would mean greater integration of the three services that would mean more modern structures like the chinese did 3 4 years ago creating these integrated theater commands bringing all the forces together that would mean a more proactive leadership uh, proactive political leadership which takes the military along and undertakes these uh, almost root and branch reforms in in that in that sense where a new military for the 21st century is created uh, also the fact that the chinese military is moving on to a technologically completely different path you know the way mm. they are using uh, all these new technologies whether it is cyber whether it is uh, drones whether it is you know unarmed uh, weaponry uh, artificial intelligence indians will have will have to act very very quickly and very very fast to catch up and i think that's where the big disadvantage uh, lies for india in that sense and that's where that's where they will they will need to they will need to pull up so to summarize you know you need to you know to get your the skew in your defense spending needs to set needs to be set right mm. you need to somehow c- cut down on your manpower you need to bring in more technology you need to be in in tune with uh, whatever 
newer technologies are coming into place and you need to integrate and find newer defense structures more modern defense structures to operate uh, under a, under a very committed political leadership i think those are the steps that would need to be taken uh, immediately uh, if india has to somehow find a way of mitigating the this challenge and finally sushant in terms of our relationships external relationships obviously the quad is something that india seems to be investing more attention in do these primarily seemingly maritime relationships have some use at all uh, in dealing with what seems to be a two front challenge on our land borders yeah i think that's a that's a tricky one anand and that's what many of us fear i speak to a lot of people and they say while quad is fine and it can always uh, put external pressure uh, but is it really something which would help us on a crisis on the land borders mm-hmm. that's something to be seen uh personally my fear is that for the kind of small land grabbing that the chinese do or the salami slicing or whatever word phrase you want to use mm. the way they do it uh, the the pressure that the court can put would be much much lesser and would be of much less use uh the the crisis on the land borders and i believe the indian establishment is cognizant of that will have to be will have to be dealt by the indians themselves whether it is indian diplomats whether it is the indian military or the indian political leadership uh i think uh, the the fact that we are the only uh, country in the quad which has land borders with china uh, and a disputed land border with china uh, that's something which india will have to perhaps uh, deal with on its own but that is not to say that it does not put any pressure on china or pakistan at all it does put pressure on china and pakistan but small issues like the 2020 ladakh crisis uh, or a crisis of similar nature india would have to eventually be prepared to deal uh, deal with it on 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 its own Sushant Singh, thank you so much for joining the Hindu In Focus podcast. It's been one year since we've been covering the line of actual control crisis. We've had you on on this podcast before, and I'm sure you will be back on this to help us make sense of this very difficult time in India's relationships with China, with Pakistan. Thank you as always for sharing your insights. Thank you, Anand. It's a pleasure as always being on your podcast. Thanks a lot. In Focus will be back soon. with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon